Hi, this is Marcy McNeil, producer of the Next in Ed podcast. If you have a topic you think we should discuss, or someone you think we should interview, or if you would just like to give us some feedback, you can email us at nextinedpodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us through Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. And now, we hope you enjoy the following episode. Hi, welcome to Next in Ed. I'm Joe. And I'm Julie. Julie. Hey, Joe. Um, how are you? Great. Another rainy day in Mobile County. I know. Seasonless Mobile. That's <laughs> the right. place without a season. That's right. <laughs> Pouring down rain today. It's, yeah. I don't think it's going to be too hot this week, yeah. though, the rest of the week. Yeah. I think we're well, we all had a spring break. We did. Where did you go? We took kids to Lake Martin, mm-hmm. which is just outside Montgomery, and uh, we had a really nice time. Oh, good. We went there last spring break. We went camping up there, and this time we got a, um, a cabin mm-hmm. and split it with my sister-in-law. That was a lot of fun. Kids had a good time. We had a good time. Sounds like we had, sounds like a great time. Yeah, had some nice weather. Yeah. yeah. What else is going on? Well, you know, I was thinking um, we... Are, are really close to our one year. Correct. and around, I cannot around, believe that. Around the one year, yeah. And so th- looking back at some of our earliest podcasts, mm-hmm. uh, one of the first people that we had on the air was Mr. David Ackridge. David Ackridge, yes. And so, you know, we were talking about it, thought it'd be cool to bring him back. I think so too. Because really it's been almost a year since we've talked. And so we'd love to kind of get caught up on on things. Yeah. And it's been a year of a pandemic. And That's when right. he came in, you know, at the, the whole school was flipped around because we had to go all technology, all remote. And in comes da 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 David Ackridge. That's right. And so <laughs> he was able to tell us like a superhero, you know, what we're gonna do and save the day. That's like right. Mighty Mouse. Mighty Mouse. Mighty Mouse. Um Here I come. Save the day. <laughs> Are you going to sing it? Yeah, you should sing it. <laughs> Dynamic Dave. That's there we go. Favorite. Dynamic Dave. So this now we can kind of catch up on what's happened since. Yeah. How are you, David? I'm doing well. I survived Welcome last back. year. Yeah. yeah, we're all uh, here. Good to see we're you. all still here. That's and great. and I, I would like to start um, by saying thank you because yes. it, it was your department and you in particular that gave your blessing for us to start this podcast and to... And provided the funding for us to get the equipment and everything we needed. So, thank you for giving us the chance over this past applause. year to. Um, oh wait. Applause. <laughs> no, not laughing. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Yes, truly, thank you. The because, laughing might have been good too. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This has been. Um, this has just been a highlight of. Well, personally, it's been a highlight of my career. I love doing the podcast. Love it. So y'all are both very good at it. Very good at it. (laughs) You know, I'm just sitting here trying to picture in my mind the year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, what's it? April and March is when everything went haywire and crazy. And I guess we were already in the middle of that whenever I did the first one. Mm -hmm. It was, it was the latter part of April. So the schools had been shut down for about a month. Yeah. It was all about the response. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
golly, does that seem like a year? It seems like a lifetime ago, <laughs> really, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, so much has happened since then. Uh, you know, there's so many questions about where we are today and actually where we're going because there's still, you know, I was speaking to people in curriculum yesterday. I always like to to stay in touch with what's going on over there and what their mindset is because they're in touch with kids coming back and things of that nature. And, you know, we're wondering how many of these kids are actually going to come back. I mean, we've gotten a taste of learning at home, but, mm -hmm. you know, there's some unknown facts in there too. I mean, we've, we've had a lesser curriculum going on for a year and, when we start in August, it's back to normal. It's back to full It's going to be full face-to-face. -face. Yeah, and, and anybody who wants to stay home, it's not going to be the watered-down version of what we did for a year to get through this pandemic. It's going to be real learning at all phases. They'll have to go to virtual school. Yeah, so. Well, catch us up and kind of, well, take us back, actually, just quickly. What what were your responses? What, you know, just to bring our listeners back to speed, um, you know, some of the things that, you did and your department did to respond to COVID? Yeah, so the first thing that we had to do, you know, when when he said we were out for a few weeks, we had to think about the, the first wave of that was the end of the 2019-20 school year. So it was like fourth quarter was mm -hmm. really messed up. And so many of the things that we did, like if three quarters of the kids actually did paperwork at home and drove up to the school and turned that in and you know, that was that was not so hard on us because we had enough devices. I think we bought a thousand Chromebooks and we bought like two thousand Windows machines and we had plenty of equipment here to spot those twenty percent of kids that needed devices at home. Uh, we bought some jet packs. Uh, the like you could fly off yeah, with? Yeah, okay. I wish. The <laughs> Wi-Fi hotspots that we call them, you know, because right. right. we had a lot of kids that didn't have uh, – no, I'm not that superhero. Not, yeah, I, I want one of those. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, right? Buck Rogers. We had to get some of those because a lot of kids that was doing this didn't have internet at home. Right. So, you know, I thought for the most part that went pretty good. And then, Lord, you know, when we came back and we're saying, all right, now starting in this school year, we're all going to be home and everybody's got to have a device. So we're looking at 53,000 kids. So we scrambled and found probably the last 25,000 Chromebooks there was. <laughs> I mean, you know, other people have been kind of proactive, I guess, in buying them back in March or so. And then we we called our vendor, and he's like, man, I don't know. And he called back a few hours later, and he said, there's one ship that has left China. It's literally in the middle of the ocean from here to to the docks. He says there's a 120,000 Chromebooks on there, and y'all can have 25,000 of those. And that was probably wow. the last ones that came out of China before everything was shut down. Right. So then we were getting those in truckloads coming in every three days. 18-wheeler truckloads holds about six or 8,000 or something, and we were getting them distributed and getting ready to go out. But then, you know, still we were short with what kids had at home, and – the 25,000 we had, we still were short. So we had to go into school supplies. We had to get, we had to borrow them from the schools. So we just, you know, we, it was a monumental task. And, I, yeah. and I'm going to tell you something. Looking back on it, we rather enjoyed it. It was, you know, organize this and move this and 
get this stuff organized and you came in every day and you knew you're going to be busy all day and the day went fast and you knew you were doing something that was very, very, very important. And, you know, looking back on it, it was kind of enjoyable. I know it sounds crazy, but it was. And, and now everything's get back to normal. You're kind of slow and you're typing on a keyboard. <laughs> it's right. not that rush of adrenaline. But you also happened. achieved your goal. Yeah, I mean, we did. You know, that was a monumental task. We did. And, and from the episode that we talked to you before, that had not happened. Yeah, it had not and happened. And we didn't yet. know everyone was not coming back. That's right. We did not. We, we had no clue what was mm-hmm. going to happen. We really so did. It was a lot. So, you know, we, we, we think that went pretty good. But there again, as we talked about, that was that, that curriculum we cut back on because there just wasn't any way to do a full-fledged curriculum during that time. And I really don't know. I just know from the technology side what we had to do. I really don't know about I've not looked at test scores or anything of that nature. I, I used to do that quite a bit, and I still have access to it, but it's just been so much more of the hardware side of it, the network side of it, that I haven't had time to delve into that. So I don't know how we did as far as that goes. I understand we've got a lot of kids that are going to have to do some remedial stuff during the summer, but that's understandable. Sure, I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, we were all thrown into our lives were all upside down, you know. I mean, that's right. nothing was normal. I mean, I was I was driving to daycares because they had a hundred kids in the daycares, and they were all having to connect to our internet through their stuff. I mean, you know, and at one point, me as the technology director, I'm out troubleshooting and running, you know, and I'm going, God, this is really crazy. Right. But it was important. You know, you had a you had parents that had to find somewhere to put their kids, and they were putting them there, but then they had to have access to. You know, we were helping daycare say, you know, your internet's not strong enough. You're going to have to come and say, we're having to bring vendors in to come in to try to up their bandwidth oh, because they had 100 wow. kids trying to connect. And we gave them a schedule on how they could connect half here and have, I mean, it was just, we, we've got lots of daycares around the county. Wow. Where we're trying to help them. You had all, to expand so. your service. Yeah, it really did. <laughs> really did. Well, I had no idea you were having to yeah, do all I didn't that. Yeah, either. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot. And then, of course, we set up a, a help desk. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that time, my staff and some staff in curriculum were maintaining a, uh, it was from seven in the morning to nine at night or something like that. It was long shifts and it was questions about how do I get logged on here? Can't get connected to the internet. I mean, we were running a true help desk. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we kind of man that desk, uh, in the nighttime hours and we're not getting very many calls. Parents have gotten used to and understand yeah. and know how to do it now. So. At the time, we were getting 400 calls a day. Wow. <laughs> wow. Probably in the calls. in the spring and then again. Yeah, I mean, you know, right when we've sent all these computers home and, yeah. you know. I can't get on the internet. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> that's right. So we were, we were getting a bunch. For a week there, we were getting. How do I get on the YouTubes? <laughs> <laughs> or the Google. <laughs> How do I get the Google? I went on the Google. It's, it's like, not working. <laughs> what exactly is no. that? <laughs> And then having to, you know, we use the the learning management system or LMS at right. that for Schoology, Schoology was new. and had to learn, you know, that was new. That's yeah, it was new. That was new to all know, to, to everyone. And and now, you know, we're in the midst of what's it going to be like in August when we come back and we're changing to a new uh, school information, you know, student information system. Oh, oh. power school. Yeah, we're going to power school from I now. So that's a whole. Everybody's having to learn how to that schedule might be new again. New information for people. I mean, we're first here on Next to Net. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we were supposed to do it last year, and it got held off a year. But 
I don't know yeah. if there's ever a good time to go to that, but this is probably really not a good time. We don't have much choice. State's saying we have to do it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Julie zipping her lip. Um, I, you know, I think our first conversation with you, one of the main topics was uh, broadcasting. And we talked all about how the school system got its own uh, TV channel and, and the different ways that that was being shared out. And I can't remember if they had started filming the segments, the teaching segments by that point. Yeah, had so they already they, started doing that by the time they we were, talked? They were right after the end of the process of that time. I mean, they set up over at Phillips, I think. Right. They it was whole, at least the last month of school. Yeah, I went over there several times. It was amazing what they had set up. I mean, Quentin and those guys in the TV studio were incredible. I mean, they had just the stuff that came out of those lessons in there really proved to me that if we ever really decided to build a repository of lesson plans and stuff, we have the means to do it. Well, and that was one of the things I was going to ask you because we did have uh, Quentin in not too long ago. And I think you and, and he had both shared the same dream of this idea of having something like that available. And so that was one of the things I wanted to ask you was, you know, I know that right now I don't think that they're still filming those those lessons or anything, but do you see a future where that might continue? Yeah, and, and I see it from a standpoint of some equipment that we've put into schools where there are actual live cameras for security, but they also double as recording cameras and things that you can do. I see to where we could very soon be recording lesson plans in a natural setting not just having them go into a room and but having a teacher teach in front of students and recording that particular lesson that goes along with whatever standard that is and in our thoughts was always helping new teachers you know they have a standard they have to teach they may not be really great at that standard especially in elementary mm-hmm. you know I always go back to the example when the the lady talked about, I'm not really good with dinosaurs, but the teacher down the hall loves dinosaurs. And so if that's recorded and they can watch that or look at that, and that was our like thought. coaching. Yeah. A coaching well, you know, segment. we've had sites like that, that we've had state sites, and we even had uh, what we called a teacher resource for instructional planning. We had a site here called TRIP that was every standard had videos and things that go with it, but, but it was things all around the country on the web. It wasn't our people. I, we, we have the resources to do it here. We just have to get organized. I can't do everything. Quentin can't do everything. It has to be somebody in curriculum says, yeah, we need to do this. And then we get together as the technology TV studio and curriculum and we start doing that. But I think it would go a lot faster. You could record, you could say you have 8 or 10 or 12 good teachers in certain schools or so. If you start recording those daily lessons and you tie it to a standard and you save those, that's, that's I mean, that's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's an incredible resource. I mean, how many teachers do we have that are national board certified? I mean, we have some, when you've got thousands of teachers you've got some really good teachers in the district yeah and that makes me think too about pre-service teachers you know those that are in college that are learning those would be videos they could watch absolutely learn from you know because those could be filtered down maybe there ends up being a a classroom management incident and the, the they could watch it and see how the teacher responds to it you know and that kind of thing there could be a lot of learning valuable learning i think that could take place from some videos like that 
Uh, it's it, Quentin's right, and and it has been a dream of ours for a long time. But like I said, we we really don't have the the means with the teachers. I mean, it really has to. We're not curriculum people. Sure. Whenever they're ready, we are ready. I mean, we can we can do it. Well, and you've shown that. Yep. Yeah, we have absolutely. Yeah, yeah we have. I think in a, in a separate interview that we did with you, one of the things we talked about was this dark fiber. And so I was wondering if we could get a, an update. Mr. Scarborough say, taught, mentioned yeah. the dark fiber to us, and we were, we were pretty excited. We thought we that was one of the things we put on our checklist to talk to you about so when I actually, you came I back. I actually have three updates that I can give you from Wonderful. our last podcast. Oh, so, good. Exciting. Two of them is pretty exciting, yeah. So the dark fiber. So so. I don't know how I can't, I can't remember. I did listen to Mr. Scarborough's uh, podcast. Well, and I thank can't, you. I did. I did. No, I, I thought you know I had to make sure he was telling stuff right now. He did say uh, that. He, I remember him saying. He said he was going to have David Ackard is going to check me up he's on this. Check him. Um, but you know, most of the time, what you do with companies is they put the hardware in, and then you they run the fiber, and so. They, the company maintains the hardware, which is substantial, and then they push the light through the fiber optic cables back and forth to the schools. So the dark fiber, what it does is that allows us to buy our own equipment. We don't have to lease. And then it's called dark fiber because the company that we're getting the fiber from does not put equipment on it to light it, to push light through it. We do that. So we're just leasing dead cable or unlit cable so that's why it's called dark fiber and it sounds like a star trek oh yeah awesome star wars or something (laughs) so the benefits of that is we're not tied to whatever the speed that the company says you're getting this much bandwidth and this is what you pay for we get to push whatever speed we want through that with our own equipment because they don't care if they're pushing the equipment and we pay for 100 megs, then that's what all they're going to push. But if I buy the equipment and I have a line that will hold all the data I can push through it, then we have the means to to juggle it around and push what we want. And it's about 90% installed now. We have a few oh, really? schools left. Yeah. So to give you an idea, we have uh, one gig of connection was between here and Baker High School. We had a 10 gig connection between our data center here and downtown at the knock we're running just as a test right now 100 gigs between here and baker high school oh my how's that working beautiful i bet that is a leap and so (laughs) that's that's, hugely you're looking at 100 times more bandwidth than we had just a year ago. Right. And to here to Baker High School is... Uh, Three miles, four miles as a crow flies, maybe. Yeah, I'm thinking it's like eight miles on the road. But yeah. Um, so the benefit of dark fiber and all of this is going to be... You buy the equipment. The equipment is long service equipment. So you buy it, it, it lasts 10 years or more. So you're not having to lease it each year. Right, but we're going to be providing internet service for... We're our own internet provider, or our own network provider. For the schools? All the schools. All the schools. Correct. Which, all that carries our telephones. Mm-hmm. You know, we're our own telephone company. We're our own, you know, network company. Right. Uh, we have 7,000 telephones. That's bigger than most mm-hmm. metropolitan, small towns in... I mean, my hometown has 2,500 in it, Battery. 
that would be way bigger than, than that. Right, so, right. Lots of data, but you need this for when we go to video. So that brings me to the next thing with one of the reasons why we pushed to do this because superintendent announced a few weeks ago that we're going to go full one-to-one with Chromebooks. So we're buying Chromebooks. That's exciting. Yes. So we... Boom. Two, did you... <laughs> Lay that two, down here okay. on our podcast. You heard it. So <laughs> we have 25,000 Chromebooks that we bought back in the fall, and we just placed an order for another 32,500 that will be here in July. And these will have... Um, these will have um, accidental uh, damage protection. Okay. ADP, I think they call it, where if there's any accidental damage done, then it can be repaired at no cost and back in the student's hands. And we'll have those for three years and we'll do another lease after that. So I was. Uh, That's pretty exciting. Never David. thought that would happen in Mobile, but. Money's there. We're right. getting money from a lot of CARES Act stuff. From right, and don't you think? That, I mean, all of this is big. It's it's a positive result of yeah, the pandemic. I, I think so. I think so. Can can I be and a, monies? Can I be a geek for just a minute and throw out an idea for just a minute? So, yeah, thanks, Julie. <laughs> so, Chromebooks, right? Love Chromebooks. They're but they're designed to do primarily all their work web based. So I get why you, we need to have such a, a robust network. One of the things, and you know, I'm a bit a big advocate of video and kids making videos and kids ad, uh, editing videos. It's hard to do that on a Chromebook because you really need a web-based um, video editor. Right. And so maybe one of the things Mobile County could do since they're doing the Chromebooks is, uh, you know, with all this high fiber optic cable, we could, not we, but you could set up a... Um, I don't know, find some kind of uh, video editing, you know, platform that's on that the web on the and house it somewhere, you know, yeah. that kids could access because I have you know, my student. We can upload stuff to Google. What's your title, Marcy? Right? <laughs> Our digital <laughs> yeah. media supervisor. Because kids, media like, I'm thinking so. if they film something with their phone, right, or, yeah. or a camera, they could upload it to yeah. Google Drive or somewhere else yeah. to store it. But if they had a web-based editor then somebody could get in and, and they could begin editing and it could almost be a collaborative effort on anyway, I'm just throwing that out. No, I, I think, I think in our department, one of the things areas that we dabble in with curriculum is in the video editing area and stuff. And, and I think that's definitely something we could do. And I'm looking at my person who's in charge of that and she's shaking her head. Yes. With a big Let's smile. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> so maybe, I don't know if I should have brought that up on the podcast, but it just popped in my yeah. head. <laughs> we can do that. Just then. an idea. Something that's been, you know, I've been thinking about. I don't know why there aren't more web-based video editors right now, but I'm sure there will be. So I can um, give okay. you the last thing. Yeah, please do. Yeah, yeah what's the last one? So if you remember, the last thing that we talked about in the conversation was doing some type of wireless mesh around the town that's to right. get yeah. internet that's in right. Yeah. That's what I want so... As we speak today, there's two pilots being installed in Mobile, one around Ladd Stadium that's going to reach out about a mile and a half in a circle direction, and one from the campus of LaFleur that's going to go out about a mile and a half in circumference. Um, those are all going to be pushing our network, their test, set, their test areas for us to test which one of these would actually be better to use to put Internet. 
So the parents would have a little small box or repeater box that they would have in their house that would just plug in uh, to power. It would just literally plug into power and sit in a windowsill or on top of a shelf or something. They would pull our internet signal and push it in the house. The kids have their Chromebooks. They can log in. And so we're, we've got enough money, I think, right now that's already here that came from the state to probably do 20 or 30 square miles in separate areas. We wow. can go into areas like Centronelle and Grand Bay and then Areas downtown. that traditionally have issues with, with, with no mm-hmm. access at all to yeah. internet. And then inner city where you have a lot of people who can't afford. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the uh, the vouchers are still out there that uh, I think has been extended to the end of the year, oh, but we okay. don't know how I'll long that's going to be. But this is a model that can grow. It right. can grow as we get funds. And that's that that's one I'm very excited about. And access for students. And there is a push right now at the federal level to have this as part of an E rate fund. Mm. So we could use E rate funding, which would be ten cents on the dollar for what we'd have to pay. So if I'm paying three hundred thousand dollars to do two miles of a certain area, I'd only have to pay thirty thousand to make it. Oh that wow. Happen. That's huge. And so, oh, That's yeah. huge. Oh, yeah. wow. And so, you know, we're looking forward to a time where, you know, we talked about last time it was kind of pie in the sky, but now mm-hmm. it's physically being installed as we speak. Oh, wow. And so possibly. The next net is here. That's right. Yeah, possibly in the next <laughs> couple right. of weeks we'll have some data back on how that's working. So that's, that's something that's. Other than teacher laptops and a couple of other things has always been a dream of mine. This has been a dream of mine, too. Now, we're not the first county in any means to do this. There's been others, but we're talking 1,600 square miles of county. Right. We're, we're not, the you largest. Know, you, take a, you take a small town in Alabama that's, you know, no more than three miles apart. Yeah, you can do this. Right. But when you talk about the scale of what we're looking at doing is, is monumental. Right, because geographic, we're the largest school system in Alabama right. geographically and yeah, I mean, in numbers. I, yeah, I, you know, Baldwin County is probably about as big as us in geographic, maybe even a little small, mm-hmm. uh, t- uh, larger. Oh. But we're larger than but Rhode Island. We have Island. more schools. Yes, exactly. I mean, and we have more it's, schools. It's over a hundred miles from Belsall, Mount Vernon to by, to Dolphin, Dolphin Island. Island. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a long ways, and yeah. there's cultural differences all over. Extreme, yeah, and, Rural, and there's suburban. some areas that have money, some that don't have money, right. some that have money but can't get internet because it's not available. I mean, there's just so many demographics and variables. This this is really exciting because when you think about um, the, they they call it the digital divide, and really that idea is just the kids that have access and those that don't. And you're talking about kids that maybe never had access to the internet at home are going to get it for free, and when they log in, They've got all the protection that you know the school systems put on it, but yep. they're able to get on with a device that was provided by the school system to do to do their work. Yep. I mean, that's just you're leveling the playing field. That's right. right. I mean, that's huge. And in my opinion, catching up with a lot of the rest of the world, where you know they've been, they've had internet that's been available and one to one and equal we've access. Been, yeah, and we've been kind of lagging behind in that, and I'm just excited that the money's here. Uh, I, I have mixed emotions about that, but the money's here and it's for education and I'm happy with that. I mean, if, you know, I don't like our government going more and more and more in debt, oh, but oh, oh. I'm happy that if the money's coming, a lion's share of that's coming to education, which I think is needed. Yeah. Very much so. And not just because I work for education, but I seriously, <laughs> well, I mean, the it's, the, the, it's the future for everything that we do. Exactly. And I, I 
leveling the playing field, I mean, there's data that absolutely 100%, no doubt, proves that Internet in the home is a, is a game changer. Uh, it shows uh, even parents that have access to get to Internet, uh, they're doing so many more things with that, and they're bettering their lives. And, right. I mean, and it's, it's, you can't refute it. It's, it's there. It's data's there all over the place. And I've witnessed it. So I, I'm excited about that. And like you said, it's protected. We're not just putting yeah, open internet into. Right. And, and we have the means to lessen a little bit of that at night to give them a little more freedom to do some things. You know, maybe a little bit of Facebook, maybe a little bit of YouTube and things at night if we want them to. Mm-hmm. If that's, you know, we can do it age restricted. We can let high school kids do Facebook or whatever oh, else. Wow. And then, you know, come morning, it all goes back to where it's real tight. If we don't want to do that, we don't. We'll just have to play it by ear. But the the you know the the means is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the county, uh, Moss, uh, the city of Mobile. We've gone and talked to them about this project. Every one of them is like, use our towers, use our water towers, use our microwave mesh around the city, around the county. Anything y'all need from us, you can have it. So this well, will be we'll then. be doing a lot of collaboration, especially like with Moz to use our water. That's tanks our water put, system. Yeah, so that Mobile, was an acronym he threw out. Yeah, Mobile. That's right. Mobile Moz. area water and <laughs> sewer <laughs> yeah, yeah. system. Yeah. So you know, but we'd be able to go up. They've got water tanks that are very high, and they've got antenna bases at the top where we can push from there. And they've got the county has a bunch of tall antennas that has microwave dishes and. We've talked to them and they're all good. They're saying, "Yeah, whatever we can do to help kids, help. we're ready." That's great. It was really, it was, it was really fun going out and pushing this. And they're like, "Are you kidding? We're in." And so, um, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be successful. I really do. You know, and it, it's interesting to be able to to be on this side of it and looking back over the past year because, you know, at the beginning we were all just in panic mode and just. Do let's just get through. Let's do what we have to do. We're trying to catch up. And yeah, and and now, kind of looking back on it, you know, the pandemic afforded the opportunity for some of these things to happen that that would have maybe eventually happened, but it would have taken a lot longer because of the funding. Right. But because of the funding that came through as a result of the pandemic, you guys have been able to to realize a few of the dreams that you've had. Right. That and they all benefit the kids. And because we had them planned, yeah. You know, the money we we learned years ago. If you have plans, you just kind of put them over here on the side, and then somebody comes in and goes, "Hey, we got all this money. We don't know what to do with it." Hey, hey, here I am. (laughs) Just pull the plans out, lay them. Just pick one. Right, right. right. Well, I went to a training. I may have mentioned this at another um, episode, but I went to a training, and it it spoke about the the zone of disruption. You know, which is which was our pandemic. That was a zone of disruption. But that happens in life. Yeah. With everything in life, right? And then the next phase that you go through is a zone of acceptance. But then the last phase is the zone of innovation. And and that's where we say, Okay, yeah, we've had a pandemic. We now we know that there's it's a new normal, right? So we've accepted it. But now you gotta move on and be innovative and do what you're doing. And we have a very innovative superintendent, one who embraces change and mm-hmm. embraces that, and that's helped us. 
I mean, he's not scared to let us do things that we need to Just do. Just for the go-ahead. For the go. I mean, he right. understands that, you know, we're going to put money in things and some of that's going to fail, but you don't succeed unless you try. That's exactly right. And I love that. I, it's one of the reasons why I've been here almost 30 years and I'm still working here. I didn't go home. I didn't retire. I love working under someone like that who lets you experiment, lets you push out, lets you do what you need to do to help the children. Right. And I'm sure you felt like you were catching up a lot when we first started the whole yeah. pandemic thing. It was just yeah. like trying to chase and catch up. And now do you feel a little bit ahead of the game? I, I do. And I, I feel like we're being creative, like you said. I feel like we're being innovative. Even though it's not the newest technology, it's new for mobile because I, the scale. You, you just have to think about the scale of what you're trying to do. I mean, school district, we're two or three schools. Yeah, I can do this, but you're, we're talking 89 mm -hmm. schools, you know, hundreds of miles apart. Almost 60,000 kids. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, it's the scale of what we're trying to do is enormous. I don't even really think about it until I get the map in the hallway and try to think uh. about, you know, I spent $300,000 and I got a spot the size of a quarter that's filled in, you know. And I, but I've never let that, I've always been kind of a pessimistic person, but I've never let money or lack thereof stop us from doing any project that we wanted to do. may have took us a little longer. Uh, we may have had to get partners and do things, to, but I've never let it stop us from doing what we want to do. The money will bit get there, and it comes. And it, we've found ourselves planned for some of these big projects, and when the money did come, we were funded because yeah. we had shovel-ready projects. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've just tried to be that way with the group. And uh, I, I'm – I'm pumped to go out to the four community in a few weeks and say, hey, you've got this box, put this in here. What? Got yes, yeah. that's going to be exciting. Yeah, I mean, you know, some of these people may be paying, you know, 50 bucks a month for internet because they need it for schoolwork, and now they may be able to turn that off and save save some money. They may not have to have it as much, and I, I don't know. It may not get used at all. It may get used more than we think. Well, I that's okay, yeah. but as long as the people who need it are using it. That's right. That's right. If, if one out of ten is using it, but it's, I, it's, it's a move up. It's leveling it up. I'm, I'm thankful that I'm going to have a time in my career where funding is there and we can do some things, and I'm glad I stayed. Well, we I'm, are, too. I, I, I really am. You know, I'm not trying to – I'm just saying I, I could have gone several years ago, but I, I, I just felt like – You would have missed like, all this? I know, right? <laughs> I, but – but so many times it's been really hard. It's scraping to get money, and there's money here now. And, you know, I really think the team that we are together in IT, we could really do lots of things to get the system set in a good light before we all do go home and, and retire I, because the funds are there. And we got a, an innovative superintendent, and I just – you know, there's days I get really excited about it. And as long as I'm excited about what I'm doing and feel this way, I'm going to stay. So That's great. I know you'll be a good steward of the funds. Well, yeah, well, and that's that's another thing. You know, we do, we, we try to pilot a lot of things to get the best out of what we're getting so that we know we're not just wasting the money. Uh, there will be a little bit of it that this pilot didn't work, but you have to do that. You don't, oh, yeah. you know, our landscape and the things that we have here in Mobile are different you know, than anywhere else. It's, you know, we got lots of trees here. We got uh, areas that are the flat. The literal landscape. And, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, 
you can go test this in Birmingham where it's hilly and everything else, but it's not going to work the same in Mobile. It's, you've got to test those things in the geographical areas because they're all different. You know, in a mountain, I can get a tower up over top of the trees and do, but here in Mobile, we don't have mountains, and I can't put a 300-foot antenna, you know. <laughs> so we've got to use other methods, and we have to try those things to see if they work. So. That's right. I really appreciate you coming in today. I, I feel like we got a really good look at from where we were when we first talked a year ago, how things have gone this past year, and then it, I'm Some just amazed. Some of the come. things that have that have already transformed just over the year and and the way things are headed. This is really exciting. Very it's uh, it's going to be an interesting end of this school year. Getting through the summer to get. I mean, now I have. I have to collect 25,000 Chromebooks, <laughs> clean oh, them, yeah. you know, reset them, <laughs> and then I have to get another 32,500 in 18-wheeler trucks here, get them distributed. Then we got cases coming in for them. And, and you're going to have so much fun. And, you know, I am. I'm sitting here thinking. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about He's that big 18-wheeler truck backing yeah. up. And, you know, we got the forklifts out. And we're unloading. I'm thinking, Come on yes, back. Come so, on yeah, back. you know, this is so exciting. <laughs> So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a busy summer, but it's always good when it's busy. That's it right. really is. It's always That's good. When That's it's a busy. blessing. And I have a great, great team. I, I'm telling you right now, I, have, I you know, don't brag on myself, but I'll brag on my team. I, my IT team's about forty four of us, and I love everyone. I'm including great our people. producer. That's right. Our That's right. Well, again, thank you so much for, for being on the show. And, and you guys automatically, you know, we got to have you back later on. To <laughs> yeah. Well, y'all do a great job. Catch up. I love well, listening you, to the podcast. Sure. And, and this was money well spent to well, help you guys. Thank you. On yes. <laughs> and we thank you. So we've earned, we've earned our keep. <laughs> we've earned That's our keep. exactly right. Uh, but I, I do thank y'all for what you do, too. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, and thank you for tuning in. And be sure to join us next time as Julie and I continue to explore what's, what's next, next in Ed. Don't forget to subscribe. If you like what you heard, please rate and review this podcast so others can find us. The Next in Ed podcast is brought to you by the Mobile County Public Schools IT Department in partnership with the Department of Counseling and Instructional Sciences at the University of South Alabama. Engineered by Tim VP Media Production. Music by Justin Matthews. Hosted by Dr. Joe Gaston and Julie Neidhart. Follow us on Twitter at NextInEd and on Facebook. Guests on the podcast are expressing personal opinions for informational purposes only. They are not necessarily acting as official representatives for their schools, universities, organizations, or places of employment. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.